0: and we're live all right welcome back to the peo Speedwagon podcast everybody uh for our viewers and not just our listeners uh you are seeing us in a brand new brand new setting Ryan and i are actually in the same room this time uh ryan welcome
1: yeah it's a quantum leap forward <laughs> you you came out of there and into here but um now it's nice to do this is a little different it's a little uh vulnerable you can like see our whole bodies now um you have to wear like not that I wasn't before. You have to wear pants.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We and were shoes you... and, and shoes. shoes. Yes, yes, exactly. We have to be, you know, somewhat we're professional. Hence pants. the, you know, the the work tee that I have on. Yeah, that's nice that's, that you worked that in. Yeah, yeah. Had to shout out to our embroidering team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's my mom, Rick's mom. It's my mom.
1: It's um, great. <laughs> she does great work. She <laughs> really does. It's not fantastic. like fantastic.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but no, this is a, this is a good episode, a fun episode. Um, one thing we wanted to kind of dive into, uh, we were talking about earlier was just the array of different PEOs that are out there. I mean, Napio and the numbers say there's over 500 PEOs. Now I'm trying to learn all the different kinds that there are. And so I think just a conversation with you today about the different kinds of PEOs and who, what organizations they might be a fit with seems, uh, seems like a pretty good topic we needed to, to cover. So.
1: Yeah, I can't even imagine what that's like, you know, when I got into this world, you know, approaching 18 years ago, there was a lot of PEOs, but there wasn't the volume there are today, and then when you incorporate just the varying technology and service models and everything else like as someone new trying to learn this space and also from the vantage point where we operate, which is that we we can work with theoretically all of them, even though that's not the case. Not, you know, versus someone who just works for a PEO, um, all the things you've had to probably learn and internalize to figure out how to make recommendations.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, it's uh, it's funny. It's kind of like, you know, your your first introduction to PEOS. it just it makes a lot of sense. And you understand, You but I didn't quite understand why it wasn't so popular. And then you kind of start getting into it more and you realize it's not easy for these organizations to have an elevator pitch. Like there's a lot that goes into what the services are. And then when it gets more granular and what I'm learning is that and then they're different from each other. Like a lot of them offer similar services, but the varying degrees at which they do well in different areas is really what makes you know a recommendation process necessary. And, and you know, someone with your expertise needed.
1: Yeah. And, and it's challenging for me. Like we have to pull on resources. We don't flip out quick recommendations because it's not always apparent. Mm-hmm. Um, our process and our tech and the tools that we leverage along with, you know. Some deep experience really does help us get to that right recommendation, and our customers have seen that um but it's challenging yeah. without a doubt, so I can't even imagine i say you but also a business but now you've decided to get into this industry and learn it and and develop you know and put a lot of your time towards it now for a business owner who's trying to navigate this and figure this out when he or she is trying to run a business and manage employees and work with clients like how they how they pull their attention away from that and try to become an expert in the world of peo to make a singular decision Mm -hmm. albeit an important one is really challenging and so you know that's why i i think people have responded so well to what we do because that addresses that issue and kind of hits it right between the eyes but at the end of the day, there is just such a wide array of PEOS out there, and the ability
0: to decipher them is really challenging. Yeah, I, I got into this business strictly for the podcasting. Actually, <laughs> this is the opportunity to <laughs> this, this is podcasting. This is, this
1: is a big day. This is your <laughs> this is your full unveil. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, um, well, let's uh, uh, let's run through a couple uh, ideas, I guess, of how we how we can view all the different types of PEOs that mm-hmm. exist, what some of the strengths are, mm-hmm. and then maybe we'll run through a few examples of what types of organizations might fit with, with which ones. Yeah. Does that sound? Okay. Yeah. Um. So I guess, help me understand then, what what are some of the key things certain PEOs can be good at? Where can they excel? Yeah.
1: Um, you know, we kind of look at it on a quadrant. We try, you know, when you're looking at this much, these different factors or metrics and across such a large array of PEOs, as I mentioned before, you really kind of got to dial it down to a few key areas. And so one is just their service model. How Mm. do they deliver it? What services are included? What are their capabilities and the, the extent of the expertise that exists in the organization to execute those for a small to medium sized business? Um, You know, the second is the technology They're you know, there is vast technology in HR, you know, IS systems across the, you know, uh, across the board. However, they all use different ones or they all use the same one. There's a couple pretty common underlying technologies out there in Prism HR and iSolve, but you've, uh, we've come to see how they've built technology on top of it. And thus takes that underlying tech and really kind of does some different things with it. And then how that tech actually addresses the issues the organization has from administrative burden, from compliance, from onboarding to offboarding, benefits admin. It's all very different. Yeah. It's, it's staggeringly different as we have talked to so many of them and evaluated so many. Um, so that's kind of one of the other, you know, quadrants. Uh, the next is cost. Right. So, I mean, just like, what do they charge? Like, what is their price for their services? Not a a judgment of what they charge, but just what, in fact, like whether they should charge or not, but just like what, in fact, they charge. And can a particular small to medium sized business fit that into their budget? You know, yes, there is always the opportunity to generate savings. There is always the opportunity to generate value that offsets against that cost. So kind of this conversation of what they charge versus what they, in fact, cost a small to medium sized business is always relevant. But when we're having conversations and we know that that budget is going to sit more <clears throat> in the range of 80 to $120 per person per month, that kind of, and, and that value, not for the service, but rather those dollars themselves have to be considered right. in operating in the best interest of that small business. You know, that's important to distill at the beginning of an evaluation, not at the end. And then, um, and then really the next is kind of culture alignment. The way in which that small to medium sized business views their employees has to match up with the PEO's philosophy around how to service and support them. Um, you know, it's interesting. We have seen, uh, we have worked with PEOs that I've historically deemed rigid in their service model and their culture, which is which is okay. Like that's how they do it, and yeah. that's what's been right for them and they are, you know, and they've continued to be rigid, but then I'll see them just inside all these things they do, like do one thing that's really, really different than everything else. And you go, okay, well, that's really important for a small to medium-sized business to know because that's advantageous inside of a rigid model. And so how they view it, where they're flexible, where they're not, and and is really important to understand because that is often what creates a lot of friction with a small to medium-sized business owner who wants to not lose control of their employees through co employment, but maximize the value and capabilities that that legal construct can do for them. So we really try to look at all four of those aspects and we look at a lot of others, but that's, I think, often
0: how we drill these things down. Yeah. And, you know, when you consider all those different quadrants too, you have to think that this is the owner of an organization who is set out to learn what a PEO is, right? Which, from my experience, is a little daunting when you're just trying to understand PEOs mm-hmm. in general. And then at the end of that, you then start a second journey, which is now you have to pick between four or five, six different PEOs and make the right selection and go into like a much more granular evaluation process. Whereas it really just seems like they're just trying to decide, is a PEO right for me or not? And that's all the energy they have to do. You have to consider too, these are people who are saying, we're looking for someone to help us. You know, I mean, they might already be at a capacity where looking for a PEO and just deciding on a PEO in general is all they have the capacity to do um when so looking at those different quadrants you're saying it's service it's technology it's a uh, cultural fit and cost as well um which kind of an organization would you find might go more with on the service side
1: mm-hmm. yeah um it's an organization that is probably on the larger end of a small business sector right obviously you know Small business is defined as anybody up to 500 employees. Yeah. But then in the world of PEO, there's kind of different definitions. And so I'd say anybody in this 35 to 75 range that has, you know, obviously an executive team and managers and, and you know, true divisions of people or, of, of departments where people are doing different things. And there needs to be support not only in how you attract and retain these individuals, but how you manage and develop them. So through performance management and learning and development type structures, where that service can kind of spider through that organization, create continuity in how they deliver training, how they deliver performance appraisals, um, how they evaluate employees, whether they be deemed for a promotion or for some sort of progressive discipline. So these HR or these PEOs that have what I'd call more transformative HR Mm -hmm. and real kind of leadership and development orientation, HR, you know, those are going to be more in those upmarket organizations that are taking, looking at being 55 employees and wanting to go to 155. And they're seeing human capital as a very key strategy of getting there.
0: Yeah, I think service is a tricky one too, because everyone who goes into a PEO relationship wants great service. Right. you know i mean it's 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 everyone is looking for that as a massive component to it. And, it and it's the same with all of the different categories that people look for but it's more so how much weight do they want to give to the different to the different categories that they can get out of a peo and sure. i think then you know another one that's kind of similar to that is, is cost and so um talk to me a little bit about organizations that look for uh certain cost structures or even even lower price cost structures with a peo yeah
1: I mean, there's the obvious cost structure that everybody wants, which is better yeah. benefits at a lower price. Right, right. And it's almost across the board that everybody wants that. Um, so so that, that, that that that's pretty simple. It, it's more the cost and return on on what they're going to get for that investment that is often the most important one. So you know, we look at some companies. There's some there's some PEOS out there that have really easy. Pricing models. Just Works is one of them. It's on their website. You can get their price. And in this kind of you know SaaS world that we've been living in for like you know the last ten years, and now people are working in more uh, remote workforces. Like that seems to be attractive to people. It's easy to understand, and I know what it's going to cost. And that's been helpful for some of our clients that like oh yeah like that type of approach. Um, But I think what's what's really important is understanding like what they're looking to like what Infrastructure and technology and support and service means to them, mm-hmm. and then aligning that to the organization's budget. Because, you know, on the smaller spectrum, you know, 10, 12 person you know, organizations, they may be only able to afford really a net investment of $30, $40 per person per month. Right. And then you have to incorporate what the savings are going to be in these different vehicles like insurances and even 401k, if that's something you can pull into it. And so you got to know what that jumping off point is. Because if you start with a fee that's more in the $150 range, you are, you're betting on significant offset to get back to that 40 or $50 per person mm-hmm. per month. And so knowing where it's going to start and where it needs to end is really important to aligning to a cost structure for a
0: PEO recommendation. Yeah. And often you'll see these different services or these different categories of, uh, of things that are offered by the PEO. Uh, combined, I mean, you're going to, of course, have yeah. you're going to have a cost structure that's more advantageous when the PEO, in some cases, is using uh, maybe their own technology. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the kind of is the next one, which is the, the technology that they're using. You mentioned a lot of PEOs are on the Prism platform. Mm-hmm. Some of our partners are even running their own platforms and a little more agile with their with their development and catering to clients. Um, what do you see as an organization that you know, goes for a, a technology heavy organization?
1: Yeah, it's an organization that is um, highly streamlined in the way they not only run their business from a payroll and HR perspective, but like also how they establish like their bill rates and proposals. Mm-hmm. So organizations that need like real deep daily analysis of hours worked and the cost of or what we often refer to as uh uh, payroll burden or fringe to be able to price their own services correctly. So that technology that kind of flows into finance systems and um, even sometimes IT to be able to measure, track, and follow these employees for for job costing and other things is like really really important. So if you've got a company that's got, hey, we onboard our employees, we get them into payroll, we get them into benefits, we don't, you know, we maybe track PTO hours. Like you don't yeah. have to have the most robust technology in order to serve that. They can take advantage of a lot of the tools within it over time, but at at least at the origination of the relationship and maybe for until the business changes some way, you don't need to get them into a heavy tech platform. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we work with an IT consulting group that, um, does exactly what I described. They do job costing, they do wage and fringe analysis, so they can make sure that they're billing their customers appropriately. And those customers are paying current on payroll. So like that is super important. So the ability for that information to track, report accurately, and have that dive into not only the the HR system, but their finance systems is super critical. And so making sure that you establish those priorities about what payroll actually does for the business, not only from paying their employees, but Serving other functions is really important to establish. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I think I got a new, a uh, few new uh, keywords that I need to study out of that one. What now, was what was it? Uh, payroll fringe, payroll fringe, no payroll burden or burden, burden, both. It's a burden and a fringe. Fringe is
1: you know a little more important to government contracting, but it's across the board. And then payroll burden is another popular
0: one. It's been added to the vocabulary.
1: I mean, I'm curious. You, you, you Rick, have certainly been instrumental in our technology and what we've done, like what have you observed about maybe the technology or just one of the things that you've observed in looking at what companies need from the, from the
0: PEOs that we've talked to. Yeah. I, I think what's been most interesting to me is I'm kind of a, an AI nerd. Like I'm loving all the stuff coming out with ChatGPT GPT and open AI and whatnot. And what's really cool is from my perspective, I get to see all these different demos that are run by our partners. Whereas if I was at just a, a single PEO or working as a sales rep there, I would just get to see the same demo over and over or do the same demo. And so I get this crash course of seeing all the technology they're using and listen to you know some of their the public ones' earnings calls and they, they talk about the AI they're implementing in their systems. Mm-hmm. And so just to hear how they're getting more efficient at serving their customers while at the same time doing it better and you know getting faster answers, um, I think that's what's really cool to me is I'm coming in at a time when the industry is going through a massive technological revolution and it mm-hmm. seems like they're all doing it on this, you know, like, we don't have any like laggards that are part, that we're partners with or anything where they're they're seeing it happen from the outside. Like they are all upgrading and scaling their their use of AI and technology right now. So that's really cool to me. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah the the ticket to entry now into a lot of these conversations with the small business is you've got to have this tech and, and you've got to be at the bleeding, bleeding edge of it. <laughs> um, for your bingo
0: card, there's yeah. bleeding edge. You can bleeding cross edge. that off.
1: Yeah, that's right. It's only. We'll save another one for next episode, but the, um, (laughs) yeah, yeah, it's without a doubt and And people are moving quickly and and I I think there's gonna be cool things to come out of it. People analytics and, and predictive behaviors around, you know, future employee attrition or burnout is starting to come out of some of this. And that's really cool because when employers can start to make decisions around forward looking data, that's coming out of their own environment. Yeah that's gonna be really powerful yeah yes. this isn't it's not, it's not typically
0: true. an industry where you move fast yeah. and break things right i think the zuckerberg said no, <laughs> yeah. no. Uh, well, well when we're talking we're about the different categories, categories. i think really the big one too is the cultural fit you know mm-hmm. that's that's a big one for us is where do we what do we look at to align an organization to a peo to make sure there's there's values that align on both sides
1: yeah yeah, yeah it, it hits on a couple different notes um you know, obviously, the
0: f- flexibility
1: and rigidity of that PEO around their service model, and the way in which they're willing to work with a small to medium sized businesses is, is number one. Um, you know, there's times at which you can see the PEOs be quite rigid and not really put themselves in the shoes of that business owner who's been trying to do it this way yeah. out of best intentions, built some perhaps archaic systems now or things that perhaps seem archaic to the PEO, but it is largely work with them. And, and so not not, you know, so I, I like, you know, what I often see happen is PEO in a vacuum, right? It's, it's, it's theoretical, not application. So it's, it's fun to work with some PEOs that really kind of understand that small to medium sized business owner and say like, hey, I see what you've done here, what you're trying to accomplish. Let me help you recreate this in a way that one keeps you compliant and out of future peril from an, you know, whether it's regulations or penalties, but also accomplish what you're trying to do. And that's, that's something we look for. Yeah. Some some business owners and, you know, the people that may be listening to this, like certainly know, like there's some people that want to be told like exactly how to do it and how to follow the law. And that's really important too. So like matching, there are, there are PEOs that will help you do just that. Yeah. Some that will work with them is another big cultural fit. Um, And then, you know, I, I'd say, you know, the other side of it is you know the co-employment relationship, right? It, it they're leading with that conversation is so important to building trust and understanding and helping people recognize what that co-employment model will do for that small to medium sized business. I see a, a hesitancy to talk about co-employment or kind of downplay its role. Um, I know that sometimes that's done to make a sale easier, but it doesn't fit. it, it doesn't fit with the dialogue of what you're trying to do here, which is help that small to medium sized mm-hmm. business and let them tap into that really powerful structure. Yeah. And the way they're going to be able to do that is if they understand it.
0: Yeah. yeah. And listen, there's not going to be a second rebranding of co-employment. You know, they, they called it employee leasing at first, and then it was rebranded co-employment. Oh, okay. There's not another one coming. That is, that is what, what it is. And um, yeah. it largely,
1: it, it, it was fundamentally, fundamentally established in like 1985. So yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's here <laughs> to stay, you know, so, um, so um, shying um, away from it doesn't build trust. And it's, it's, and and so so I would, you know, we've, we certainly see people
0: who lead with it as, Hey, this is what you want. And I think that that's important to do. Yeah. I mean, the lift and shift of liability is really the key thing that sticks out to me with the co-employment model where I'm like, why would you not want that co-employment model? Because you get to shift that liability and then essentially share it with the the PEO. Um, well, we touched on like the different categories of what PEOs can be strong in. Mm -hmm. Um, but really i think the key is that they all play on each other and they mm-hmm. all have multiple strengths and mm-hmm. sometimes multiple weaknesses in their in their areas um and so the real juggle is trying to trying to perfectly pair the ones that have a few strengths with the right organizations and so i guess from a more uh, maybe like holistic view you know what's the approach to recommending the right peo when there are so many on this spectrum yeah
1: yeah, yeah it's, it's um it starts, starts with one, you know, which I, I, it's the part, part of the job I actually
0: enjoy the most in, this,
1: in the world of P-E-O-M-G mm-hmm. is since we have a, uh, a lot of arrows in our quiver, and that's a call back to, to, uh, to a great P-E-O leader, um, we can sit down and really just learn about that small to medium-sized business, what their journey's been, how they got there, why did they hire these type of people, what were they trying to accomplish, and let them establish not only what their very specific needs are in the environment of HR, but which ones are most important? Like what are the things you need to tackle first? Um, I I can tell you that's, that's not always something a PEO rep has the opportunity to do. And we, we get to do that now. And so if you let a customer really kind of clue you into what's important to them and let them establish how and when they want to address them, then the recommendation comes a lot easier because they, 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 they kind of start to, kind of x out peos unknowingly Mm. not because that peo is bad it just doesn't match and so then you get down to a you know couple say three peos that could be the fit and then that's where we take it a, a much deeper dive we look into our data we look into um you know really other important cultural match is the the person who is going to be the consultant at that PEO
0: yeah, proximity to the organization
1: proximity absolutely like do they care about localized service do they do they like help desk HR type support yeah Um, but also that sales consultant or that sales leader that's gonna guide them through this PEOMG process on behalf of the PEO is a really important cultural fit that we look at so you know if you've got if you got type A personality going up against another type A and neither, neither is going to flinch, like that's going to be really kind of hard. Mm-hmm. So you got to have somebody who kind of matches and mirrors um, in a, in a, in a, a way that's like, that fits in order for that process to be as exceptional as it can be for the customer. And that's what we care about. So, um, you know, really looking at that personality styles, obviously all the four quadrants we talked about, and then, you know, needs and priorities of that business owner. Really above everything else.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Great. Great. Well, I think this was a fantastic episode. We got to touch on quite a few things, and uh, you
1: just give our you just gave us a five star. You like just self rated us. Yes. yes.
0: You know okay. what? You may notice, folks, we don't have ads. So if you just want to go give us five star review, we'll, <laughs> we will never run an ad for you. So.
1: <laughs> um but everybody thanks you know for what listening you said, now no. you sound like a peo sales rep because you came out of a call you just ran and you go you know what that was a really good call <laughs> on your own like you yeah. self you <laughs> self-assessed that was you've 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 come far wow. real okay. quickly that's the that's the capstone. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just tough, tough you come back to your office and you go yeah i had a great call i killed it yeah, yeah.
0: Um. um. I did Ryan. great. Ryan did great. Uh, it was a good podcast. Um, thanks for listening. Everybody knows you can check us out on uh, Instagram. You can see us on YouTube, on LinkedIn. We'll be posting a few of these clips on there, um, as well as wherever you get your podcast um, Apple and Spotify. But, uh, Ryan, great job. <laughs> Five stars. Five stars. stars. Safe work. Review us. Thanks. See
1: y'all.